All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. It is number 728 today on this December 19th, a Tuesday. The show is a day late. Sorry, my friends. Been traveling like crazy, and I was just absolutely spent last night after coming home from San Francisco. Uh, one nighter up there at the chapel. Thank you, everybody that came out to the show. You battled the, the chilly weather and the rain, and uh, you made it down. I really appreciate it. I will be headlining tomorrow night at the Irvine Improv in Orange County. Tickets available at deandelray.com, and there are still tickets available for the Bon Scott Tribute January 9th in Hollywood, California at the Avalon. All the VIP tickets are sold out. And there's about 130 tickets left for the Bon Scott general admission. That's uh, Bill Burr and I doing uh, about 45 minutes of stand-up comedy. And then a little break. And then we'll come out and do a full tribute to Bon Scott with people like Scott Ian, Mike Inez, Steve Gorman, Dave Lombardo. Uh, who else? Scott Holiday, Josh Z, Billy Rowe, Lur from Primus, a bunch of other, uh, oh, Josh Freeze from every band ever. <laughs> anyway, do not miss this. Get your tickets right away. I don't want to hear like, oh, man, it's sold out. It's going to sell out. So why wouldn't you get your ticket now instead of waiting? All right. That's a little bit of the promo there. Big shout out to the new Patreoners also, patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey. There will be a bonus episode this week. I've been pumping out some bonus episodes, and I really appreciate everybody that uh, has uh, joined the Patreon. This week, I'll be talking about my trip to see Queens of the Stone Age, San Francisco, and what else am I going to be talking about? Some other good stuff. Tune in there. Tim Porter, thank you for becoming a Patreoner. D, just the letter D is a Patreoner now. Kelsey Olson is a Patreoner. And Steph McKee is a Patreoner. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah. Who's the guest today, Dean? Well, let me get to it. Here it is. Greg DeLewis is my guest today. And he is a custom guitar builder that will absolutely blow your mind. And this is kind of a collaboration today of Let There Be Talk and The Grail. If you have not heard my podcast, The Grail, tune in. There are tons of episodes of people that make stuff by hand working outside the box, whether it be guitars, motorcycles, denim, boots, whatever. So I'm doing a little uh, cross-pollination today, my friends. Yeah. That's some Diamond Dave there. Well, we got a little cross-coming. All right, all right. <laughs> anyway, Greg DeLewis is here today. I stumbled on him in uh, the Instagram world. I saw this custom-made tiger-looking guitar that... Uh, the, uh, you know, the Jerry Garcia guitar, Tiger. Jerry had Tiger, Wolf, and uh, Rosebud, and multiple cool guitars. But mostly, towards the end, 
he played uh, this guitar, Tiger, that was built by Doug Irwin. And uh, the Olympic fame up there, NorCal, all of that, handmade hippie guitars. That's what I call them. They're the hippie guitars, and they really are. And they're absolutely mind-boggling. And my man Greg is carrying on the tradition. Handmade guitars, everything handmade. Hand-cut inlay, everything, man. It is just spectacular, this guy's work. He is a big fan of fish and goose and the dead. And he's, he knows what he's doing. He even built a Randy Rhodes polka dot uh, Sandoval kind of tribute guitar that blows my mind. Go to his Instagram so you can uh, look at it while you're listening to the episode. It is D-E-L-U-I-S Guitars. DeLewis Guitars. Uh, he's out here in Southern California. And man, what a great conversation I had with him. Thank you so much for doing the show, my man. And uh, it's a deep dive into custom-made guitars and music and, of course, the dead. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for your patience. Sorry it's a day late, but, oh, man, I just had an insane weekend. And, uh, you know, I did a bunch of shows. Then I flew to San Fran. I saw Queens of the Stone Age. I'll talk all about it on the Patreon bonus episode. But right now, let's get into it. little uh, guitar talk with Greg DeLewis of DeLewis Guitars. Candles are lit. All right, here we are, another episode of Let to Be Talk. Introduce yourself, my man. How you doing? I'm, I'm just Greg DeLewis, uh, owner and operator of DeLewis Guitars. Oh, man. it's uh, You just walked in my house, and you opened up uh, a guitar that just fucking floored me. I first really kind of come across you on Instagram, which is where I find all the um, the artisans and makers and, uh, you know, the, the people that are still doing cool shit. And I come across a pink tiger. Uh, tiger meaning the guitar that Jerry Garcia played that Doug Irwin built. It was a pink one, and I was like, this is amazing, because uh, John Mayer is a friend of mine, and he had sent me the um, Paul Reed Smith, uh, you know, his signature model in pink. So I sent it over to him, and I said, look at this. This is pretty fucking cool. I love to hear that. Yeah, and we were both like, wow, that is cool. And it immediately... uh, I jumped into your Instagram and was floored by the craftsmanship. There's a lot of people over the years that have done, uh, you know, Jerry spinoffs. There was a company a couple years ago during COVID that were making these cheap Korean ones or whatever. Um, But I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up around Olympic guitars, Mesa Boogie, amplifiers, Randall Smith, all of those guys. So I know this stuff inside and out. But I've never met any of the guys, and there was only a key few people that were playing them. It was like the dead, and, you know, here and there. You got like Santana, then Jason Newstead was playing. Dickie uh, had one, but I didn't. You know, right, Dickie. I saw that yeah. shot of him at the Cow Palace, you know. Uh, backstage, there was him and Greg Allman are there looking at it. It's half Big built. Big scroll. Cool. Yeah. But it's amazing to see with the you know dead and co success and 
and of course Fish and, and Goose and all these bands out there that um, these guitars are getting a lot of interest again. Stuff that's outside the box because you can't really see a hippie band busting out a Charvel, you know? Yeah, well, except I guess, I guess Mayor... Yeah, he does. He broke that. He broke that mold. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And um, there is a tradition that, you know, a really alembic Rick Turner, Doug Irwin started. And there's a few of us who are, are you know, holding the torch. How know? do you get started? I, uh, I started, I had, I was interested in music, obviously, guitars. I grew up in a household, an old Italian household where there was revered instruments, um, Gibson. Uh, old Gibsons, an old L4 mandolin, an L4 from like 1929 guitar um, that were, you know, objects of beauty even when I was a little kid. Um, and my grandfather tinkered. Um, but I, when I got, I, w I went to art school and sort of after art school you're like, what the fuck, you know? And I had, I had made like some, I had bought a neck through blank and like fucked around. Yeah, some Eddie um, Van Halen old school shit. Yeah, you know? just fucking You're getting the mighty, my bodies. You know, yeah. That kind of shit. And so after art school, I started digging in on my own, you know, and I made some uh, gypsy jazz instruments, if you're familiar with Django. Do you know Django, Ryan? Yep. Oh, yeah. I feel like a Jehovah's Witness when I talk about Django. I'm like, have you, have you accepted the work of Django in your heart, you know? Yeah. But uh, I started making those instruments, um, you know, with a book in hand. Yeah. Plans. Um, and these, they came out okay. I made a few. Were you um, making shit in wood shop and stuff back in the day? Because my point is, I took wood shop, and there was always the guy in the corner who could fucking make shit. I was you an know? artist more. I right. Was the guy in the art studio. Could draw and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, you know, in sculpt. In, in college, I was a sculpture dude. Yeah. So, so uh, that was really... But it was really, and, and it really, I think it starts for a lot of people. I didn't have the money to get an Alembic or something. So, you know, the first one I made was so Rick Turner inspired. Yeah. You know? And then, but then I went down this road with Django. And then I start listening to more jazz, getting into who I think are the greatest makers ever. You know, uh, John D'Angelico, Jimmy DeQuisto. Right. Subsequently, John Monteleone, still living, one of the greatest makers ever, will always be. Bob Benedetto. Bob Benedetto's book, I mean, my first arch top guitar I made with his book in hand. That's what I had. And then I apprenticed with the guy who apprenticed with Doug Irwin. Really? Where was that at? It, this was in Cooperstown. I was living in Saratoga Springs. I'm from upstate New York. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's... Also, a... you know Joe Bonamassa? You tell Joe I was on your show and I'm from Illion, New York. Yeah. He'll know what the fuck that means. Okay. Um, uh, but so, uh, but I, I apprenticed with this guy who worked for Doug. We made Garcia shit, man. And he, he was like, you know, he worked for Doug a couple of years, I think. And um, turns out there's some, like, drama. Yeah, of course. With that, like, Doug. There's just not, drama like, in I anything. I went to work with this guy thinking he was, like, tight with Doug. I've met Doug. Doug can't stand. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you know. But I learned, hopefully, what Doug taught him and carried that through. But he's not doing hand cuts shit. You know what I mean? And stuff like that, where, you know, when you're... The only reason you're doing the the uh, CNC inlay is to move production. You're not doing it for the, the guitar's sake or... Of course. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's moving production through. Yeah. Same with the finishing. Like, if you're using this catalyzed varnish, it's not to make the guitar better. It's to make production faster. So that stuff does not apply to me. And yeah. My thought process yeah. Of what, you know, how I'm going to make this thing. It's going to be... I'm going to make it the best way I can. Early on, I don't know if you talked to Doug, but... Um, 
let's go through the guitars that people know. Of course, if you are a deadhead or a guitar freak, you would know the early on. There's there's really I would say three that were famous. There was Wolf, there was Rosebud, there was Tiger. And then there was like this one here that I saw recently that the I lightning have, bolt. Yeah, yeah. What is that one? Well, that was uh, cool, it, man. You don't do you know this guy Steve Kripe. So uh-huh. he's another guy. This was a fan of Jerry's, and he was a cool. I mean, this is all hearsay. But, this uh, one here. Yeah, that's. Yeah, cool. I saw that one. That's yeah, cool. and that's allegedly made from an opium bed. The rosewood in the top and back is an opium bed. This dude sourced. Wow. So it's kind of cool, but so this guy was a cabinet maker, I believe. He did paneling on boats. Also made fireworks like around the Fourth of July yeah. from Florida. This dude. So he makes Jerry the first guitar called which was in stage use, and in this, I could be wrong, and this is my, my recollection. So uh, he makes him this, this guitar top hat, uh-huh. which is with a cool like walrus tusk uh, skeleton with a top hat. In, As in this my, is after Irwin, right? Like, this is in the 90s, and Irwin, is, Irwin went through like some troubles and stuff, and I think, uh, you know, it just, this guy just showed up at a show, I think. Yeah. And so he gives Jerry this guitar, and Jerry was like, fuck, this is pretty sweet, but... Like maybe this or that, you know, maybe change this or that. So then that's why Bolt was made. But his crest on his, you know, uh, headstock was this exploding fire cracker. Right. Which is pretty cool graphic, which I assume is from like an old package. You know, the old packaging on yeah. firecrackers are cool as shit. Some of the firecracker uh, art, I've talked about it for years. I think it's some of the best art. Uh, Thunder, Thunderbomb, when I was growing up in the Bay Area, they had Thunderbomb, and it had like a, a kind of a, a power line, or like a, a power tower, you know, like those things yeah, that yeah. hold the can. And then at the top, it had an explosion. Black Cat was yeah, amazing. Dude, I was thinking Black Cat. Like it's, it's like an iconic image, and we don't even think about it, but it's like right. some artist somewhere like nailed it. <laughs> but if you dive deep into it, like uh, just uh, Wikipedia or Google Brick of Firecrackers, and look at all the different art. Dude, I'm looking, if you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for this oh, yeah. cripe image because I think he, he took it, he at least was inspired by it. Right, right. So, you know, just for the history of it. You know, like, oh yeah, this, I think is from this fucking firecracker back. Yeah. But my story, I digress, dude blew himself up. What? He was making guitars for Jerry in the 90s that never got to Jerry. He, he literally was making fireworks and blew himself up. Wow. So it's just like this like crazy, crazy, crazy story. But it was like, you know, the dude came here and did, did his thing, right? How yeah. many did he, was this uh, lightning bolt the only one that Jerry ever got? I believe so. He had a couple in the works. And talking about other guitars, my buddy Andy Logan owns uh, Saturn, which was destined for Jerry. Right. He never got there, but he owns it. And he also has Alligator. Yeah, Gator, that just sold a, again. Yeah, that's a, the Strat. Know, a 55 Strat, yeah. customized by Rick and, the, yeah. Rick and the fellas. Well, it's funny, if you look at Jerry's um, career, and I uh, wanted to talk to John about it after Denco ended here a few months ago, was I kind of looked at... Um, I looked at John as he was approaching it in a cool where most people aren't paying attention, but in a way that Jerry approached it. 
every tour kind of the amps and the guitars kind of changed uh with jerry going from early fender twins and all that and and the sgs and you know he's playing different stuff at the time travis b you know one of those uh those you know yeah the aluminum neck yeah yeah and everybody loves that cornell show it's on the bean man yeah drives me nuts kind of as a guitar maker i'm like i mean you know beans are cool yeah but you know i'm like i'm a doug Irwin fan so i'm like right this is oh yeah well then it's wild to think about like jerry is really kind of doing something before you know eddie van halen and all these people where he was seeking out his own you know guitar that he needed to do all kinds of stuff like eddie you know his thing was out with the fucking single coil in with the humbucker uh, let's try to get a better tremolo here. Eventually, the Floyd Rose totally. comes around and all that shit, locking nuts and stuff. But Jerry, if you look at it, he was going through that for his whole career, constantly looking for stuff, even if it was just to customize by a sticker or a paint job. It was just to let you know this isn't from Guitar Center, you know? Dude, and, here I am making a career, basically. I mean, out of these, you know... Look, it's easy for Gibson and Fender to sell guitars. Every, the heroes play them. Right. You know, who do we have in the custom world? We've got Garcia. Yeah. And we've got, like, Trey now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my, and my guy, Rick. Yeah. Deuce is playing my piece, you know? But otherwise, guys, you know, everybody's pulling the stuff off the shelf. I love it, too, because I love Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah. You know, so how do I not love Les Pauls? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And how, I love fucking Hendrix. How do I not have a Strat line around? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so... But that's an easy sell for those funk, you know, right. for those factories. So for, for the rest of us, you know, Garcia, look, we, you know, we're out here going, wow. I think Tiger is probably the greatest electric guitar ever made, man. I mean, you know, we can discuss that, but there's, a, there's it's just the workmanship is like a one-off. It's like you're making this thing one time. I've made some of these things. The brass work is fucking insane. Yeah. I, I was just looking Doug, at Doug you. Doug was laughing at me, man. Because I, I was like, I'm talking about the Doug. He's like, you know, he made that because fuck you trying to do it again. Yeah. You know, and there's a beauty in that. But also, it's like that whole thing. You're from the Bay Area. In the, that era, like, you had the airplane. You have, like, like Yorma. I mean, these guys are monsters. But it's all this, like, collective. And what is Jerry Garcia going to play other than Tiger? It's like a fucking wizard staff. Yeah, know? yeah. And it's funny because Wolf gets a lot of uh, a love, you know, because it's been passed around. That guy bought it, and then people yeah. always play it out yes. at uh, Red Rocks and stuff. But, you know, there's an interesting thing about Tiger or Wolf. Now people are getting them because they're obsessed with uh, the dead, but... You know, it's a lot like the striped paint job. It was like you couldn't just show up and start gigging with a tiger, even if uh, you could get Irwin to make you one. You'd be like, why are you playing Jerry's guitar? It was so fucking distinctive. I wouldn't play a Strat with stripes, and I wouldn't play uh, Randy Rhodes with polka dots at the time. Now, when you do it, you go, hey, this is a nod to craftsmanship right. and the greats now but i mean back then if you were like opening for the dead you're not going to come on with for tiger sure. or a wolf <laughs> sure. it would be ridiculous and, and, and that's the beauty of like honestly like why the kind of sky is the limit here with what i'm doing the custom right personalized thing that plate doesn't need to be a tiger it's your thing or whatever like this one the blonde thing i showed you today of course like, you know we're gonna move forward or 
sideways on yeah. the whole thing. But we're going to keep that the core thing. You know about the Obel, like that certain structures within this, you know, it just, it's just part of the thing. We've got the Obel and the buffer to change the impedance so everything moves through the cable like a hot dog down a hallway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like the vibe of that. So you can retain your, 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 your highs are very clean, long cable runs. Well, let's get into that a little bit too, because I don't know if you talked to Doug Irwin, but were you able to take like laser schematics or how were you able to, or are you going off just photos and, you know, for size and all of that? So I was at the Met when they had. Yeah, I went to that. That's where these photos are from. It was great. I had a question. Hendrix's Woodstock. Yeah. Strat, dude. I, I, I questioned the Jimmy Page one, and I even asked uh, Tom Murphy when I interviewed, or uh, who did I, oh, no, I, Cesar at Gibson. I don't think that was Jimmy's number one. I think that was a, a, a replica, because mm-hmm. the, I can tell by the flame pattern. Dude, I'll look. I didn't notice that, but yeah. you would be able to tell. There's no way you can, yeah. you can't fuck with the wood. I mean, it's, yeah, right. you know what I mean? Unless it's, you know. Right. But the, but there it was. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't no, want to see, interrupt see, you. So yeah. you so, went in there and you were looking yeah, Wolf, at Jerry's. Wolf and Tiger right. were there, and I and I don't. I was able to take as many photos as I wanted. Right. And so then I scaled those, and I made all my templates for my, you know, from. How do you laser. scale them? You take a picture. I use the like the known known dimensions. Uh huh. And so and then scale it based on that. Like the single coil single coil poles are right. a known dimension I have, and others. And then I scale everything, and then. After all that, I make a template like a tattoo. You got tattoos. Like, right. It's like a tattoo stencil. That's how I cut it out. I glue that to the pearl or the mammoth ivory, which I've been using for the wolves. And then I cut it out with a jeweler's saw. So it's like, yes, they're very accurate, but they're also very handmade. Of course. And so, but, but I started, that's where I started with, the, with scaling those, the original instruments. Yeah, I don't really think it is kind of nerdy and uh insane when they do like full you know laser digital scans of say jimmy page's guitar or whatever and then you get the exact one i mean i think some of the um like you said some of the amazing things about custom guitars is each one is totally different uh, same with Japanese denim or Japanese leather jackets or boots. You know, you just look at, yeah, painting. You just look at it and just go like, oh, yeah, this is exact, but a little bit different, you know. And um, But when you busted out this guitar, it was just so fucking great. The craftsmanship is insane. Now, you talk to Doug. Do you, how long do you talk to him for? And... And how are you able to find the wiring and all of the crazy schematics for his guitar? Because Jerry's guitar has like a million switches and it does all kinds of shit. It has stereo inputs, everything. Let's get into that. Well, that stuff's, you know, the work's been done. Of course. Um, But the guy, John Cutler, designed this buffer, which, like I said, that's an impedance shifting device. But it has a certain, it does have a certain sound, this sort of sparkle to it. Um, that's to help with the, the, what you're talking about, the two jacks. One being you know, a stereo jack that you, you go from a stereo at the guitar to mono-wise that is basically the send and return for your effects loop. Right. And then you got a switch on your guitar which you can go to the effects or just go straight clean, which is running straight to the amp. 
You know what I mean? You're just like, it's, so it's super clean. When you're not running the effects, it's straight to the amp. Um, and the other cool thing about that for Jerry, especially with like the Mutron, oh, also yeah. works well with certain drives. The, the effect is reading your pickup at full volume. It's, it's pre-volume. So it's, everything's hitting the, pick, the uh, effects at full clip. Oh, yeah. So, so you, like, you know, with that envelope, you need to actuate that thing. And if you don't have enough meat coming through, it just doesn't, it doesn't open it. So um, that works great in that way. But it also, the buffer, it retains the highs almost like a treble bleed. So you turn down the volume, you still have, you, you know, it, it retains the highs. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful setup. Well, the one you brought over was uh, Flame Maple, but Jerry's was at Coca Bowl or whatever, and I believe that guitar weighed eighteen fucking pounds. I, I've heard thirteen. I've never. I didn't. I've never held it, but it definitely fucking heavy, man. All yeah. the brass work and the Coca Bowl oh, and yeah. the Maple. Yeah. Um, and then I heard that his action was atrocious. It was like fucking a quarter inch off the fucking dude, the neck. The specs I saw were fucking. Gross. Yeah, and then like he plays like I don't know fifteenth or some you know. The only thing is, we don't know. I, like, what we've seen is, like, it's, it's well after he, he passed. Right. So I'm not sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know he had a lot of relief, but sometimes I saw those measurements. I'm like, man, he plays so in tune. I mean, he's, he's Jerry. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, God, it's so hard to play, play in tune when it's like a bow and arrow, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, he just never cleaned it, I heard. So it was just crust on there all the time, which is wild, too. What I've found, it's funny, but people, certain people have different acidity oh yeah of course skin. yeah and so the gold plating on those bridges especially the ones i i gotta start making my own but yeah god people some people just will eat through them so fast yeah i think it was like kimok uh i've known kimok for years but i think it was him i'm almost pretty sure that he has like a like acid sweater wear where the strings break wow dude. yeah i don't i can't remember if it was him or somebody he's else so, his, his talk about fucking player man yeah, well, that guy's a crazy player, you monster, know. Monster, just monster tone, man. That yeah, the strat with those. Yeah, I'm a heavy, heavy. I I think that John Mayer did an unbelievable job, and when he got that gig, I was just kind of like, what? Because you know, I went to the Fairly Well, and I thought. Well, this is, you know, Trey will just continue on with these guys. He's been, you know, in the world forever. And when I heard uh, John was going to do it, I was like, oh, man, what? And now I can't get enough Dude, of it. I was stoked when I heard I, it. I, I, I can't even tell you how much I love it, man. And I listened to it like a lot, you know. And I've seen it a lot over the years. I went to a ton of shows and his tone and his um, way of approaching it, of just constantly tweaking to get the, the perfect guitar, like the first one he had. You know, I had heard that John was doing the gig before anybody knew because somebody leaked it to me at Paul Reed Smith. They said, we're building this for John. He's doing a, a, a tour with the dead. And I'm like, no way. And they sent me over pictures of that first guitar. And I was like, that's not real. And sure enough, it was. Crazy. And over his time, how he was tweaking those early Paul Reed Smiths that he had from F-holes to no F-holes, from tremolo to no tremolo, you know, to what he's playing now, which is the Silver Skies, you know. Uh, and the recent one, the Dead Specs one with the Olympic yes. booster and everything. It was uh, amazing to hear uh, how his take on that uh, by getting it with just maybe one or two switches 
but really nailing the tone of the Mutron or an Ottawa or whatever anybody's going to use, uh, a Dumble or the Paul Reed Smith. He was going all through amps also, you know, to nail it. And at times, it was fucking almost exact. Dude, he sounds great. I mean, he sounds fucking amazing. He's amazing. he's running. Yeah. But... You know, that's like kind of like what you were saying. Jerry has so many errors. Yeah. You, he could, and, and he did. First tour, first couple tours, he picked up an SG. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why the fuck not? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And the material they're doing is diverse too. It's not like they're doing only 80 shit. They're doing stuff from the whole catalog. Right. So it's like, why the hell not? Yeah. Cause know? early Jerry, zero Ottawa or, or, or no, Mutron. Yeah. And, I mean, God, even. Uh, I mean, talk about the wolf. I mean, like that wall of sounder is just super clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Clean, like pedal steel clean, gorgeous stuff. He played uh, the wolf at uh, Giant Stadium out there, or sorry, uh, Mets, uh, uh, yes. where the Mets play, yes. whatever that's called, in New York. Uh, he walked out with it, and I asked him about it, and he said uh, it, was, it was great. And he was like, oh, wow. He, he, at, at first he thought, I want to buy this. But then he's like, I, I don't want to own this, you know. But he said one of the pickups didn't work. Right. And they didn't mess with it because that, that's, how it was, that's how it left. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, I mean, he was really respectful of that. Yeah. I thought was great. pretty cool. I mean, Absolutely. You know, he was like, because I think they wanted him to play Tiger even before that. And he was like, I don't know. It was like heavy. Yeah, you know, it was like a burden, and yeah. I get it. I totally got it. And I was like, that was like so respectful, dude. And if anybody gave some shit, yeah, it's like you know, fuck. That was that was all I needed right there. Now, let's get into. We're talking about I would call them quote unquote hippie guitars because now Trey comes along in the I don't know nineties or eighties, whenever he comes along. Uh, and he comes out with this guitar that he's playing. Yeah. And he's been basically playing that guitar forever. Now, I don't know anything about that guitar because uh, I'm not a big fish guy. I love Trey's playing when he was with, uh, with uh, Fairly Well. Uh, I would have liked to seen if he would have played, you know, a little more. He was, he was pretty respectful and, and laid back. He was on a short leash, too. Yeah, he was on a short yeah. leash, but... I would love to have seen him uh, a year in what he would, because he would have just busted it loose. But fill me in on who made his guitar, and you're also doing that shape, also. Yeah, I'm doing like my my uh, inspired. Right, right. Now, who did that? Paul Languidoc. Who is it? Paul Languidoc. Okay. Who is? uh, He was on tour with with Fish as their sound guy for a number of years, and was also like the tag. You know, he's sort of core to the fish family you know but his his guitars are yeah they're fully hollow like mini arch tops um which is kind of like totally the opposite like a 330 like no no not a 330 it's i mean it's like if you took a it's like more like if you took an l5 right you shrunk it way the hell down to 13 (laughs) inches wide and and how's he avoiding the feedback you're not oh you know you're riding the feedback which is just you know i feel like it's still, it's still uh, uncharted territory, right? You know, because but, he's doing it now. My guy Rick is doing it yeah. on the piece that I built for him, which is in the same construction. You know, it's the same same idea. And uh, but yeah, you're 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 harnessing that feedback, and and you know, with the modeling amps, yeah, this, yeah. this interface 
will not work with the modeling. It's all about the whole, you know, it's about inter, inter, you know, interacting with the speaker. And it's really, it's amazing, you know, because you're, you're stretching notes with feedback, man. This is like, this is a real extension of like what Jimmy was doing. God knows what he would have done. But I mean, feedback is, it's like, it's out there, you know, oh, yeah. and being able to harness it, it's like riding a wave because it's not, you, you can't control it. It's like, just like riding a wave because you can't really control it. Right. You know, um, but I mean, if, you know, Trey, I went on tour with Fish, man. I was into Fish, man. Oh, really? I, yeah. Like I went on full summer, a couple of full summers, like when I was in college and um, I've seen Trey play millions of notes, yeah. literally. But he, you know, he uses it to great effect and he always, always using real tubes to, you know, to actuate all that. And What's his amp? He was using mesas for years. Now oh, yeah. he's got a train wreck. Oh, really? Train yeah. wreck. Wow. But Interesting. He, he's just going full tube. You know, all the drive is full tube, and it's just really, you know what that sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you can fuck around and say you can model it, and you can yeah. for your ears, but that's what I'm saying. The, the actual interplay between yeah. the amp and the guitar and the speaker, you can't fake it because there's no, you know what I mean? There's no connection other than the air around it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Unless, you, you know. It's, 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 so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's the new frontier that, you know, Trey started for a long time, but it's, it's not been done that often because we go back to what we were talking about before with automation, things like making, you know, hand-tuned, small body. It's, it, it's hard to do in a production setting. Yeah. It's almost impossible. The only, thing, the only person I can think of right now making really nice archtop instruments in a production setting is Benedetto Guitars in Savannah, Georgia. Right. But they're a small group of skilled craftsmen it's not like dudes on friday getting all sh shitty they're like dudes who are into making guitars what about collins they're making some they're making they? guitars but they're they're uh well they do some archtop stuff but those yeah. dudes and god bless them dude but diabolical seem the prs i'm not crapping yeah. on this shit they make beautiful instruments of course but they're production so when you make production well, it's just a different thing yeah and you have to think about it in a different way right yeah. you you have to I, mean, I don't ever think about a custom compared to, to a production guitar but if you want to get a, 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 like to me, the dream guitar would be to have the yellow Santana, you know, the first run, those Santana right, right. yellows, And they're man. basically, you know, they're handmade yeah. boutique guitars. And, and that's the thing with Collings. They are so automated in such an amazing way that right. it's like, wow, dude. Like, you know, they're cutting the F holes, dude, after the guitars are done. Yeah. So it's wow. like the guitar's finished and, and buffed and then you're cutting the F hole with a laser. It's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa. I mean, it's beautiful, like, but... It's not what I'm doing. I'm out here like of getting my hands dirty, and and that's a tradition that goes back to fucking the ancient times. You know, someone making an instrument and fixing it up. How were you able to uh, do the tray guitars? Were you able to get your hands on that, or, or I've played some, and then same thing, scaling them, and then taking my own approach um, because they are, um, you know, they're tuned structures. They're like, you know, I'm tuning the top and the back. Yeah. Um, and I just made like a uh, sort of a frequency generator to play with the tops and how, you know, really how they function. Because, because uh, the violin family, all that data has been worked on, you know, because the dimensions never really change. Like a violin, it's the same size. So they tune the top, they've analyzed the tops. This is, this is new shapes, new instruments, so no one's done that. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, you know, even if it's just for, you know, just for data's sake, but moving the ball forward just a little tiny yeah. bit, you know. Um, but I, I'm seeing a lot of the dead cover bands. They're buying these guitars, 
you know, uh, they're having people make like a, a wolf or a tiger or yes. whatever, or the, the, the does the uh, Trey guitar have a name? Uh, it's it's a his is a G four is a Languedoc G four. I know, but he never named it or anything. Well, he has several. Like, yeah, they have some of them have inlays that are cool, and has yeah, like yeah. he has one called Ocelot that's like the most gorgeous Koa set, and it has this Ocelot on the on the headstock. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, gorgeous stuff. I mean, uh, there's one Marmar has his old dog from back in the day on it, and uh, but yeah, those are those are. I mean, time goes by, you know. It's like. More people are gonna make them, just like me. Next gen, gen, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s. You know, there's some kid now who's gonna be making this shit in 20 years and 30 yeah. years, and so I find that exciting and charming. And uh, like I said, it really started with Garcia and Trey. It starts with the player, man, because everyone wants to do what's already been done because all the greats played the shit that was available, which is the big core. Fender, Gibson, Gretsch. You know, you got Setzer guys still, and yeah, you know, you've got. Uh, you know, Angus Young guys. Jackson Malcolm guys. Young guy. You know, you got Malcolm Young on the Gretsch. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So it's like everybody's got this. And I do the same thing, man. I did the same fucking thing. But I just happen to like fucking Jerry. So I'm like, well, I can't even fucking buy that shit. So yeah. I got to learn how to make this shit. At what point do you get into the dead and fish and stuff? Because I grew up in the Bay Area and I... Um I hated them because it was it was just an uh, an overload, and then I realized later that I didn't hate them. I just hated the fans because the fans w that I was around all the time they're just you know I was working a a job you know six days a week and they'd be like dude you got I need a miracle dude and I'd be like get a fucking job <laughs> you know like and um, it, it was the case I always say like. Uh, uh, you know, I don't hit the Raiders. I hit the fans, you know, it's like it was that was what was bumming me out. And then later in life, I realized that those really weren't the real fans. They were just people that were just getting high, you know, falling around to get high. And the real fans were way into the music. And that's the people that I really like, you yeah. know. Um, but at what point do you get into it? Uh, upstate New York, of course, it's a big dead area also. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was part of, like, my mom had a pretty fucking good record collection. Yeah. Like, I had uh, Fillmore uh, Almonds, Fillmore East. Like, one side, was, one side was Whipping Post. Yeah, the best. And so, like, I was just like, that was, like, just real shit to me. And so, we had, you know, I had I, I grew up with the record player. So, I listened to Grateful Dead. I listened to Almonds a lot. And then I got into, I was probably 13 when Nirvana, you know, when Kurt Cobain comes up. So I got into that thing. That was probably more like, honestly, playing music. I was like, because you could do it. It's like you could yeah. grab the guitar and kind of get there a little bit, you know. And then I sort of backed into, you know, getting into the, de like, you know, when I was in, you know, 95. Everyone, the end. Everyone, where, everyone that I was, where I was from went to Highgate 95. Jerry died that summer. Right. And so after that, I was, I, that's talk about fish. I was like, it was almost like seeing what that was and being like, whoa, yeah. holy fuck. Cause that's for me, I got hit by lightning. Like same thing with fish, the fish, even the lot, it was fun, man. I was, you know, I was 16, 17 and it was just like fucking crazy, you know? Yeah. And talk about upstate New York, it was, you know, pretty sheltered kind of, you know? So it was like fucking wild maniacs out here, you know? And for oh, me yeah. it was the music too. I was a guitar player and Trey, was nasty on the guitar so it was like to me it was just like i i would never give it back man you know what i mean all those i could you know what i mean it really yeah really good stuff and it was at 
sort of what would be considered pretty peak. Yeah. Peak tray, man, just shredding. I just, you know, I could not do fish. Um, when they did the albums like Dark Side of the Moon, or I saw them, I believe, uh, at the Shoreline, they did, uh, I think they did some Exile, you know? Exile oh, right. Main Street. Yeah. But uh, then I was blown away. But, man, I, they played on a, a, a some show I was at, and they were on trampolines, and I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? They were you jumping know, out on them. Part of that, though, dude, which is straight, I have so much respect for, yeah. is they're really like, they're like putting on a show. It's almost like vaudeville. I get it. I like, get it. You know it. what I'm saying, though? But right. Like, and, it's, and they make it hard for themselves constantly. Like, their early uh, like compositions are just like so hard. Yeah. Like you're playing a part that's it's hard like to Zappa sing shit. over. Dude, I yeah. love my, my, like my Spotify rap was fucking Zappa. Yeah. You know, my biggest artist this year is Zappa. And probably every year. Because yeah. I just, there's so, I mean, plus he has so much fucking music. But it's that. He, and Zappa was making it hard on his band. Yeah. But these dudes are making it hard on themselves. And I was, I mean, shit, man, they have pieces like the middle section of like Reba or something. You've got to be fucking on it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. That, Bass player was always respect. killer to me. I was like, wow, that guy's fucking nuts. They're all great. And it's kind of like that thing I was talking about with Doug rising to the occasion with the guitar. Trey's obviously just outrageous and everybody else is just like and here here i am i'll yeah. fucking rise right to it and the same thing with the freaking grateful dead man it's like you got jerry garcia and robert hunter writing music and you'd be like well that's that you guys are the dukes and then fucking bob weir comes along i know and it's like hey how about uh looks like rain you ever heard of that one yeah. you know and how about and the then, other one and then know? and then phil's like hey you ever heard of a box of rain yeah you yeah. know or what you know yeah. or, or uh unbroken chain dude it's like so everybody just rises to the occasion and that's why they're so amazing everybody in the band and then segue perfectly into my new faves which is goose man they also have yeah a range start with the guitar player because he's yeah. just so great you know he's just such a great player but it's the same thing. It's like an ensemble. And everybody kind of, you know, shows up, man. Right. And that's, why, that's what makes it an awesome band and an awesome improv band, you know, because everybody shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, my rule, and this is my rule, you got to have great songs before you jam. Right. And I just had Warren Haynes on the show a couple of days ago. There's just too much out there, jam, no song. Now, look, I'm cool with a jam, but I need some songs. And the yes. Dead and the Allman Brothers have some of the greatest songs uh, of the last 40, 50 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just wrote a dream set list out for Dead & Co. Because I caught some rumors that they're going to play again, you know? Yes. And, uh, and it's, pretty, it's pretty strong. That, and so I was like, here's my dream set. Also... My uh, what's on that? Huh? What's on that? Couple of. Oh, uh, here I'll. Uh, I, got it. I think I got it right here. See, I'm not a. I can't go any dead. I don't like when the dead plays covers. Uh, other than Morning Dew, I don't like when they do dancing in the streets. I don't like when they do you know uh, any kind of fifties rock and roll. You know. Right. Um. So this is not in order, but these to me, is the dead in all different eras and just flavors. Estimate a Profit. I think it's one of the greatest songs ever. Terrapin Station. That's my 
favorite dead song of all time. He's gone. Fire on the mountain. Deal. Morning dew, which is a cover. It's the only cover I need. Bird song. China cat. Sunflower. West L.A. Fadeaway. Touch of gray. Dark star. New speedway boogie. The other one. Wharf rat. Trucking. Shakedown street. Feel like a stranger. Help slip Frank. Dude, I was gonna say if you didn't have help slip oh, Frank, I would have said no. that. You got. I think. No, it's, it's, I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I know one fucking deadhead who wouldn't be like, that's a fucking solid piece. That's set list to me. And, and what you're going to get, I was talking to Warren about this, was if they just played those without jamming, it would be mind-boggling right. because of the songs. Right. So, you know, I grew up around the Horde. Uh, I was at uh, many of those uh, shows. I love the Black Crows once they get into their kind of Almond Brothers phase. Uh, say from um, Wiser Time, which is on Amorica, uh, up through Three Snakes, you know, where they, and and a little bit of a kind of Stones jamming on the the Southern Harmony, kind of a Can't You Hear Me Knocking style jamming. But uh, I was going to the Horde, and really, what turned me on to everything was the Mother Hips. And they were really just a, another level to me. And the Mother Hips and the Almer Brothers in, say, 89, 90, 92, right around there, was just a knockout to me. And uh, like I said, it came with the songs first. So I, I need that. Yeah, no Mother Hips. Yeah, it's like, it's like solid, solid songs. Oh, and yeah. then, but then yeah. a good section and outside the box songs yeah. i'm not looking for hit songs people that might dm me later like oh sorry they don't have a top 10 hit that's not <laughs> what i'm talking about i'm talking about wilco has some of the best catalog i've ever heard i'm talking about neil young level of songwriting where uh you know neil when he's doing down by the river he could do it for 18 20 minutes yeah and it's gonna take you somewhere but at the end of the day we're listening to down by the river or cowgirls in the sand, you know. So yeah, uh, I'm real reluctant on a, a lot of the jam scene because I get it, and I'm not knocking it. A lot of people want to go there and party and just you know take some uh, you know mushrooms or acid and just get into it. That's all cool. But to me, I, I gotta have some music. Yes. No, now, I mean I, I want. That's that's what I'm seeing about even fish, uh, you know, or goose. Um, but I'm there because I'm a guitar player. Right. And so, right. so for me, that's all I need. And I know what you're saying, like, but, um, but you know, and then again, like the songs, uh, it's such a big catalog now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, like Fish, I, like the early stuff, I think that people get caught up on those, like, you know, Bag It, Tag It, Sell It to the Bush. That, and that's, but then again, that's the kind of song that you get through that part and then it goes on this orchestrated musical journey. Right. You know what I mean? And so... I don't know. I'm there for that, but I, but it's, but not to knock the songs. I'm not saying I don't like their songs, but I'm just saying like I get what you're saying. It's not like a you know standard song structure. Or it's I mean you know Terrapin Station is one of the most insane weird uh, you yeah, know structures. structured yeah. songs ever. First time I heard them play it, I was like, how are they even remembering any of this? And uh, you know, holy shit, it's just you know, like I said, it's. It's not a uh, it's not a hit song. It's, right, it's, right. It's a it, it's just a it's like a, a crushing Van Gogh painting. When you're looking at it, you're just going like, "What is going on here?" You know. It's awesome. It's an yeah. awesome story too. You know, and, the, 
And that's the thing with, I mean, obviously, Hunter Garcia, I mean. Insane. Yeah. And you feel yeah. like that stuff, it, it's, like, it's like a lot of it. It came from the ether. Yeah. You know, so yeah. much so. It's like, you know, you hear about Bob Dylan talking about his songwriting. He's like, it's just. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like On 60 Minutes goes. when he's like, I don't know where that shit yeah, came from. Far. I mean, but you know It's that's, true, though. You know that's true. You know yeah. that's what it just I wrote from. songs. I couldn't tell you where they come from. I write jokes. I tell, I, I tell this story many times on the podcast. I was talking to somebody, and I go, God, I don't even know where this joke came from. It was like it just came out of nowhere. And he said, don't they all? And he was so right. Yeah, man. They just come out. You have to constantly be ready. You are the... Uh, you know, you're walking around and somehow the source goes into you and you go, oh, I got an idea for a joke here, you know? Yeah, man. Or a song or a lyric or anything. It's the voice of God, man, for all we yeah. know. Our you know, gods. For all, whatever they are. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. There's the universe. It's something, right? And we know we, and, and I think that anybody that's felt that can, yeah. you know. We How, not, not people articulate, but we, we feel that, you know. Now, let's get into... How many guitars have you made, and what is the wait list, and what is the process of buying a guitar from you? So, well, I mean... Uh, I is a, it just you? It's just me. It's okay. Just me. My wife helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just my wife and uh, two kids. And before you get into it, I want to let people know, the craftsmanship on this guitar is so fucking mind-boggling. All the inlay is done by hand. He does all the inlay. Uh, you've got all this fucking, you know, craftsmanship on the, the shaping of the body and then the brass pieces, but the inlay is what takes forever, man. So, okay, get into it. So, so, I mean, I have a general catalog list of models that are a starting point, but having said that, then woods, colors, right. That's all an option. Um, and then inlay, I'm also, I'm an illustrator, so, you know, um, like we were saying before, like it doesn't have to be tiger. It can be something that right. Is, I'm looking through your thing right yeah, now. People that, got that, that, this Egyptian one is sick. Yeah, right. King right. Tut stuff. Right. So like thematic stuff is kind of a specialty because it's all done by hand and it's a one-off kind of situation. Um, so so really nailing down like the uh, the model is the first part. Right. Um, and but usually there is a thematic thing. I'm doing uh, like right now. I have quite a few dogs. Like, you know, you love your dog. I love doing these inlays because they have such character. Yeah. And they'll send me a pic of, like, a dog that's literally got a smile on his face. You right. Know I mean? And then I get to turn it into, like I was saying, it's basically like a digitized yeah. uh, tattoo stencil. Right. Then, then I apply that to the, to the pearl or whatever it might be. Um, but so, so that's, the, that's the first part. I'm, I'm like a year and a half out, two years out. Shit. And how many guitars would that be? In, in the queue right now. I'm just kidding. like, I mean. Do you do them every, like one in, in a month or two months? Yeah, well, it's, it's like I do batches. So uh -huh. I'm usually working on, I'm working on 20 guitars right now. Whoa. But, you know, in different stages. Some are right. just neck blanks and bodies, you know, joined. and Right. And then I'll go through and, uh, you know, do five necks in a row. And I'll do all the truss rod slotting. And if I'm doing carbon slots, um, I'll do all the fingerboards. I'll bind all the fingerboards, inlay five fingerboards, you know, and I do it kind of like that and then put it all together like a puzzle. And, and how much are they? Let's say it starts. I mean, I, I have the guitar that you were talking about, which is like that you have here. No, uh, the one that you said, the pink one, the pink, it's oh, basically yeah. a strat. Uh -huh. That's like my starting guitar. It's a strat with a Garcia tiger -y shape. Right. Like, it is. Yeah. Sattva. 
Right. And it's named so because Ram Das called Jerry a bodhisattva, um, and Jerry was like, nah, I'm just a guy trying to yeah. write notes. Uh, but so it's called the Bodhisattva, but that that's you know fifty five hundred. Right. It's like a it's like a custom strap. Right. Know? Yeah. And it, and it comes in all those colors, the the uh, automotive colors with the varying layers of relicking and all that. And Ooh. Yeah. There's one's pup, right? Now, do you do the relicking yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Now. You know, I, I had one of the I'm first... spraying nitro. You know, it's nitro. Yeah, yeah. So I had one of the first Tom Murphys, and I remember, you know, everybody was trying to keep a secret on how it was done. But basically, from what I saw was you spray the nitro, then you freeze it, then you hit it with heat, and it just kind of starts yeah. streaking across. Yeah, yeah you spray it right. with compressed air. And, and then he was using a razor blade kind of for the headstock just to kind of cut into it yeah. and give it... Yeah. yeah, so you just freeze it in a freezer. You, yeah. I, what I do is I hit it with a heat gun Yeah. and then freeze it. And it cracks, and you can kind of control it a little bit, but it does its thing. Yeah. Um, oh wait, you hit it with the heat first. I, yeah, hit it with the heat first, and then, and then put then it shrink in the, it. Oh wow! Then, I um, thought it was the opposite. The you know, because when you have it weather, would work this other way, I assume. I mean, you're just stretching. You're just. It, yeah, when you, you know, have weather check guitars, you yeah. know, like so they're always like, you know, you flew from uh, L.A. to say New York, and then the guitar is cold, and you open it up from the case, and then the heat hits, and it goes. I've right. heard stories where guys just watched it check right, right. in front of their wow, eyes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's just that extreme, yeah. you know? And so when I'm doing it, I'm heating it up and making it kind of viscous and then, you know, shutting it down. And right. it just, you know, it fails. So that's what that, it looks great. Now, what about uh, a full tiger like you got sitting over here? Well, this is, this is also, like, not my top model. This is, like, my kind of entry tiger. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Damn. Um, well, because... It's not Coca Bolo. It doesn't right, have right. grass around the body. It doesn't have the original Tiger has this big Art Deco um, medallion on the back. Uh huh. Um, so this is the top of the line, right? That is the top of the line. Right, right. Yes. Okay. That's a full on one to one. I mean, I don't think. I mean, dude, I don't think anybody's doing it anymore. Like hand inlaying it and all that. Right. Oh, and you did the Garcia there. Yeah. A replica. Wow. Yeah. So what would that cost? That's sixteen k. 16k yeah. man that's worth it though i mean people are charging almost double that dude and i'm not gonna talk about any other people but it's weird man and well, i think uh, that like you know how like i don't know i don't know olympic how, sells this now right olympic does their thing which is it's called uh, tribute called the tribute right but that's not even i don't even think that that's 20 ish 25 right olympic dude to me they're the og so yeah. I no shade, no shade for Olympic. I of mean, course. I think they're the fucking bomb. Um, and they're still, I think they still have guys, talk about guys doing hand inlay. I think they still have guys hand inlaying up there. Wow. This thing is beautiful. Thank you, man. Um, okay. Now, me being a uh, Randy Rhodes freak, let's get into this. Now, oh, yeah. you've got that all the- so fun, dude. You got all the hippie guitars, but then you got a Sandoval- like tribute you did dude Who just asked me for it and i was just like what the fuck you know i never i never made one but i'll dig into it yeah and you know i was i was familiar with it obviously of course but then like i see that headstock i like what i did i put a little trust rod cover and then kept the dot i see that uh, yeah but, but you know what I, I did a little tricks like that but you know obviously randy was a freaking yeah shooting star you know and it's such odd like the dimensions of that kind of reminds me of the wolf like it's so long. It's and so long. It's so small. It was like, it's freaking gigantic. I know. And you know, um, 
I talked to Rudy Sarzo. He's a friend of mine. He said the headstock was broke like three times because it's just so long. Right. Like you bump it into something, yeah. snap. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I won't be doing another one of those, but it was so fun. And I did it like the original. I don't even know if Sandoval knows, but the original were Dan Electro next, which are poplar. Right. Uh, which is weird, but it's a very soft wood. It, it was a cheap neck. And, yeah, yeah. But he had the aluminum beams in it, and they work. But so he's doing, everybody does them with a maple neck. And I'm like, why would you? It's like you're not, you're not thinking about how it was made. Like, yeah. And I wouldn't make it a poplar, but I did a whole all mahogany because it just made more sense like, right. to make it more authentic. Right. Know? Yeah, these, uh, these tray guitars are a trip, man. Is the uh, what's the bridge? Just wood. That one's my Empress model. That that's that's the guitar I made for the guy from Goose. Uh -huh. It's got an actual. It's got a Goto, like, tunematic. Well, wow. But that's but that's pinned like, that's not a floating bridge. It's, right. it's threaded, into the top. And then is the tailpiece also wood? It's like, wood with a brass sub underneath you know, there. Yeah, hidden. Yeah, got it. Structure. And that's beautiful, man. I mean. It's amazing that your guitars are blowing me away, man, because how long have you been doing it? I mean, I've been doing it since, I mean, my, like, talk about those Django guitars. Yeah. Uh, 2005. Yeah, but, I mean, Django. this is some serious craftsmanship here, dude. Thanks, it's man. just fucking, I mean, it's up there with uh, Banker. He's a great friend of mine, Matt Banker. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude, I mean, yeah. And he does the exact kind yes. of Karina V. Love it. And he does it how Gibson did it, and now they don't do it the same way, you know? It's so important how it's made. Yeah. And I, like, I've always felt that as an artist. But this guy, Johnny Ive, who's the lead designer at Apple, we used to be when, I mean, when Steve was there. And I think he's probably still there. Yeah. I don't even know. But he was talking about the original iPods. Yeah. He polished the interior with the idea that people would perceive the care. Like, just the consumer would just be like, yeah. I don't know why, but I love this thing. Oh, yeah. And it's worked, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... That's someone who's like, it's not how I think, but it's like, that's what I think when I'm, when I'm making my guitars. Like, the interior should be tight, not because you're going to see it, because it's how it should be. Yeah. Um, and it goes with the materials. It goes with the process. It's what it should be. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, if you're an intuitive player, like, you pick it up and you feel that. And you might not be able to articulate it, but maybe you could feel that and that will inspire you. Same thing with your buddy John, man. Tell your buddy John, I'll make him a guitar. Yeah. Whether he can give me much or little information. As he wants to and all i ask of him is you plug that fucking thing in yeah and you tell me what you think you you know what i mean because yeah. I, I believe that in in the because i believe in the process and i believe in the spirit of it right and what the fuck am i doing it for if i don't believe that so but that's all i would want give me an audience you know and uh, yeah and and uh either you're a believer or you're not at that point but what are the pickups whatever the customer chooses right these yeah. look like dimarzios i mean i'm pretty bound with the Garcia stuff, it's like DiMarzio Super Two, yeah, or uh, you know, and uh, or Dual Sounds and SDS One, uh, the buffer, the same thing. I'm now making my own buffers. Right, it's a simple little, it's a simple little device, you know, a couple. Can you tell me what this plate was? Was it just around the pickups, just to hold the pickups? Is it all like a big cutout spot underneath there, or is it I'm pickup holes? On, well, yeah, there's there's regular cavities beneath, and then that is actually set into the top just uh, a little bit. Right. And then where the overhang is, there's a little brass filler. Yeah, that's all, and that's all hand, you know, it's all handmade. Yeah, so. yeah. This shit is excellent, man. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing the podcast. I had to have you on because I just love a guy who took a shot with a pink 
yeah. a pink tiger. And then I saw the Randy Rhodes V and I was like, oh, this guy's great. And I didn't even know you were in the area. And then I found out you were. And I was like, I got to have him on right, on, right away, you know. Dude, I and, appreciate you having me. I mean, I was like, I saw the Ed Warren. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I've not worthy, but yeah. Uh, well, you are, man, because your craftsmanship is just uh, another level, and I absolutely love it. Tell everybody where to find you. I'll I'll tell them on Instagram. It's D E L U I S Guitars. Okay, D E L U I S Guitars, and tell them uh, your website. Oh, here it is. Same thing. Yeah, com. Yeah. Give Greg a uh, a call or message him. And order yourself one of these guitars because uh, there is not a lot of people that are going to be doing this, uh, you know, in the future because it's just, you know, it's like a Jesse James chopper. People go, oh, fucking, that's so much money. It's like you don't even know how many hours of human time is put into these, uh, you know. But this is just uh I mean, this is just a work of art. Look at that back piece. What is that, Tree of Life? Yeah, that's that's the that's the OG. That's what he had on the back. Yeah. Wow, and um, yeah, man, thank you for doing the show. And uh, you, man. I love your I love your work. This is just knocking me the fuck out. We're, oh, but one last thing: where are you getting the wood? You, you just where do you source it? You find it? Yeah, different different places. Pe- yeah, people guess. people have good wood still. Dude, I got to tell you this story really yeah. quick because it's concerning wood and you know it is it is a it's a rare resource. Of course. And then also people hoard this shit. I know, so, they do, man. In oh such a God. weird way. I'm like, oh God, it drives me crazy. But I was on the search for uh, maples for the archtop instruments. And yeah. so I was like, I'm going to go to Europe, like looking for Italian, like, you know, Alpine spruces. You flew to Europe? No, no, no. Just oh. like just an online search. Just, right. like, just like a, just a quick search, you know, like looking around, looking for new purveyors and shit. So... Uh, so I saw this Carpathian Mountain Tonewoods, which I don't know if you're into like horror and shit, but I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was like obsessed with the book. Right. So I was like, oh, Carpathian Mountain's fucking cool, right? So then I'm like zooming in. It's Transylvania. It's Brazov, Transylvania. And it's all this cello and uh, double bass sets of maple, fiddleback, beautiful. And, and uh, European maple, it's like, it's just got its own vibe. It's got, and actually, the back of the head of the plate of that guitar is that, and I'll yeah. show you because you can you can see what I'm talking about. Um, but so anyway, I'm zooming in. I'm like, oh, this is like fucking Dracula's wood, you know? It's just cool as shit, and I'm into it. So, so my guy from Goose, I'm making him a second guitar, and we've been talking. And so I was just like, I kind of told him the story. I was like, looking for wood. I'm into Dracula. So he sends back a fucking he sends back a pic of his hand holding a Dracula first edition. Yeah. So he just he's into fucking Dracula too. So. I'm working on a piece from right now called Dracul. Like it's made of these Carpathian tone woods. It's kind of like got this cello vibe, but it's totally, totally new and fresh. And I'm like stoked about it. But talk about wood. It was like it was like a godsend, man. And then it came super fast. Like it came from Romania. Wow. And it was like, what the fuck? It came DHL. It was like in four days. I was like, what the fuck? And it shows up in this dude's like crazy Transylvanian script. It was like this note, and it was just like whoa getting chills and shit and then i you know i started milling in it's just gorgeous and so 
But that talk about wood, man. And, and where are you at? You got a shop at your house? Is it's that a garage, man. Yeah. I, I take you now to a garage in Canoga Park, man. Yeah. Literally, like I'm like West Hills Canoga Park, but I, I think about that all the time like as a Joe's Garage fan. I'm like, I literally work out of Joe's Garage. That's great. I'm such a wood freak because of, you know, mid-century furniture and then, of course, uh, Les Paul's uh, flame tops, 58, 59, 60, and then Brazilian fretboards. Yeah. You just learn about woods when you're young and, and what they do for different tones and also how they make you feel personally in your mind. If you're in a mid-century house with wood, beautiful wood walls and glass and everything, you're a totally different human than if you're around, totally. you know, just garbage sheetrock and, and fluorescent lighting. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same with the, like the, you know, the, the Redwood Lodge type oh, thing. You're oh like my God. I like love that. It, right? Log cabins, yeah, Redwood lodges, uh, you know. No, it's, it's like a rare and beautiful resource. And I, every time I get a, like a wood order, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like Christmas. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing the show, I man. Appreciate you so much, man. All right, I love the spot, man. Yeah, thanks, dude. Good talking to you. All right. Anyway, all right, there you guys go, man. Another episode. Of Let there be talk. Do yourself a favor and uh, check out all his guitars. Tell him I sent you. See ya.